Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Welcome to episode 60 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. Living in this fast-forward, couch-potato, cell-phone-toting, email-addicted society that we're all a part of can really wear us down. It can dull our senses even, but only if we let it. Thanks to people like Amanda Blake Soul, we're all reminded to celebrate life's simple pleasures. The beauty of a stack of freshly washed vintage fabric a table spread of food alluding to precious family time, an old quilt, tiny hands pointing to Mama's latest craft project, or a child frozen in midair, delighted to be playing Peter Pan. Amanda's Soul Mama blog is filled with these beautiful snippets from her life, and it's the wonderful way that she documents daily life on her blog that has endeared her to her readers. A single visit to Amanda's blog makes me want to walk straight out of my day job and race home to stretch out on a patch of grass and do a little cloud watching with my girls. I'm very pleased this week to bring you a conversation I had recently with Amanda. That 31-year-old crafter, blogger, photographer, writer, unschooling mama extraordinaire. If you read her blog, you probably feel like you already know her quite well. And you don't need me to tell you she blogs about her life in Portland, Maine. But I have to say that even those of you who have been faithful readers of her blog may be a little surprised by some of the things Amanda reveals when she shares a story of how she came to be the mother of three beautiful children. Amanda's written a book. It's called The Creative Family, How to Encourage Imagination and Nurture Family Connection. It's coming out in April, and I got a chance to preview a proof of this book, and it was actually on disc still. It had not been printed when I took a look at it. And even though it was on the computer, it's inspiring and beautiful and totally Amanda. Stick around after the interview to find out how you can win a copy of Amanda's books. I'm very happy that the publisher was cool about donating a copy, so thank you very much. Prepare to be inspired, because this one I think is totally going to get you. You're going to want to make something, and you're going to be snapping pictures like crazy after this is over. Okay, this week Amanda Blake Soul is my guest on Craft Sanity, and I am so excited because you are a pretty prolific blogger. If I, you know, I guess that's a big label to put on you, but um, <laughs> just embrace it. Just embrace it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, well, I understand that you've been blogging since um, about 2005 under the name Soul Mama. Yeah. What got you started? Why did you decide that you wanted to start communicating with the world about your life? Yeah, I mean, it started out very, very innocently and definitely not where it is now, which is kind of funny. Um, a friend of mine just, you know, kind of kept saying, you need a blog, you need to, like, put your stuff out there that you're doing. And it really just became a way for me to connect with friends and family that were all over. Um, and just to kind of share a little bit of what we were doing and, like, some of the stuff I was making and recording a little bit of our days, you know, as a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom, family. And so you never and, really um, expected to I, connect the no. way you have. <laughs> yeah. No, and then it just, you know, the timing was, I think there were a lot of sort of craft blogs starting right at the same time, mm -hmm. or, or right, you know, about the same time that I was. I think in the week that I started, um, Amy Carroll of Angry Chicken 
Yeah, I just interviewed her for a second time. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) And um, there were a few, I mean, there were a few other, like, sort of big craft blogs that started, like, literally within, like, a month of each other. So um, it just sort of, the timing was right, and, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain how it got where it is now, but fabulous it definitely is not what I thought it was going to be <laughs> well I did not look back into your archives to, oh. for your very first for your very first post but when you started what I mean what were you writing about I mean just um you know a lot like I was I'm writing about now but a little more personal um you know a little more thinking of you know aunts and cousins and friends being the readers okay not just the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a little and bit I've daunting. Since, like, you know, kind of pruned those a little bit and just, you know, even just for like safety things, like I would talk about, you know, going next door to the, you know, such and such a place that really gave away like where we live. Or, right, right. You know, things that were just a little more inappropriate <laughs> in terms of safety. Um, and then also just kind of just protecting the kids a little bit more. So I, you know, some of those are, are gone. But mostly I was writing about the same thing that I'm writing about now. It's super, like, painful for me to look at them now because it's like hearing your voice on an answering machine or I don't know what it is. Or it's like me listening to my earliest shows, which are yeah. just a like, train wreck. I mean, on my part, I mean, my guests were fabulous. They've always been. But I was just, yeah, I'm still yeah. working on becoming coming into my own here. Yeah. So every once in a while I'll, like, be looking for a link to something in the past that I've done now. And I'll, I'll be, you know, going back looking for something and... I'll get stuck, like, reading the posts, and I'm like, oh, the, that writing is just atrocious. And like <laughs> so it sounds like it's really changed. Having an audience or having an audience that actually communicates with you pretty regularly has changed a little bit. I mean, you're writing more to them now as opposed to just for family or friends or... For sure, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I picture a really, I, you know, I, I think I write a little bit intimately and sort of picture a small group of people really reading it mm-hmm. instead of probably what the reality is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and um, it is kind of, um, it is kind of, when, you, when you think about it, you know, because I think when I'm, you know, do the show, I do my intro and my exit, I'm, I'm talking to, I kind of picture maybe like five people in a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then when I get email from more than five people, I'm like, oh my gosh, people are, wow, people are listening. Yeah. Boy, do I am I ready for this, you know, and it's kind of something, it's, you probably feel kind of, especially when you're posting really updates, daily updates on your, on your life and your creative life and your kids and all these cool things you're doing. But at the flip side of that, how, how does it make you feel to know that you're reaching out to that many people? I mean, that's got to be kind of cool. It's really amazing. I'm blown away by, you know, the, not only the community, but, um, just people's response and the readers of my blog are so supportive and kind and generous and just really nice people. (laughs) It's really heartwarming to me actually about um, just where where we're at and where, you know, the the whole movement of other people sort of doing the same thing that we're doing. It's Mm -hmm. really encouraging to me. Well, I think for... It gives me tons of hope. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And I think, because it seems, especially in the creative and craft world, there's so many people who, they log, you know, they'll post on websites, you know, whether yours, mine, or, you know, whoever else is. And people are very encouraging and supportive of what we're doing, not saying, hey, I think this totally bites. And, you know, I mean, it's not like the letters to the editor in a newspaper where people are sounding off about something. Um, It's really kind of, they're sounding off, but they're sounding off in support of of the people that they're, you know, know, websites are reading. So it's really kind of cool. 
I, there are definitely like downsides to you know a blog once it gets just a certain size, and I do you know every once in a while get some kind of unkind emails or or just you know the negative sort of things that happen from that many people reading, but they're so far outweighed by the other extreme that I don't really pay much attention to it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, there's always going to be you know a jerk and you know out there, but yeah. you know it's in. One of the, I, one of the criticisms I've heard of people who you know the the blogs that you know there's several out there that are just I find so inspiring and but there are the people out there who just are like you know some of these blogs make life look like perfect more perfect yeah. than it is and they're not really being honest and saying when they have a crappy day or whatever but right. I find I don't know about you but if you know I have a crappy day I don't necessarily want to put it on craft sanity and. Because my, my whole thing, I kind of feel like in my role, what I've chosen to do is not pretend like everything's perfect because certainly it's not, and um, right. and I've let on what, that things aren't perfect, but I don't want to be like, okay, here's another crappy thing that happened today, you know, <laughs> because the whole my whole point is to try to inspire, and I, I'm assuming that you're kind of coming at it with that same perspective, like you want to try to help people like, find joy in life as opposed to dwelling on negative totally. things. Yeah, yeah. Totally, and that's definitely the biggest criticism that I get is that, like, you know, your life can't be this, you know, rosy. Or <laughs> and I think I try to, you know, I'm pretty honest with people that it's not. But this is just how my blog works for me, and this is what I want it to be. I want it to be something really positive and joyful and, and a way to share, you know, this part of my life. And, you know, at the end of the day when I write my blog post, like however crazy the day may be with three kids and just our lives, like I really like having this sort of peaceful, like, place that I can kind of always – make beautiful <laughs> you know and that's what the blog is for me and and I totally have respect for other bloggers who are able to write about sort of the other side of you know the whole picture but for me it's a boundary issue and mm-hmm. the blog isn't the place for it and you know <laughs> I'm always amazed too because I've come across blogs where people will say they'll like sound off about their mother-in-law or their sister-in-law yeah. or there's something and I'm just kind of like whoa I mean I she can not only can she read this but everyone else can too and yeah. You know, so I guess, I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, it's you're totally free on the Internet to make your blog what you want it to be. So if you want to put everything out there, if you want to have a video cam on you 24-7, you can do that. Um, right. That's something I wouldn't choose to do. But So yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the whole, um, you know, people just being critical of folks like yourself who are out there and really trying to put, you know, just celebrate right. life and, and, and <laughs> you know, kind of commemorate the good parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that the other thing that's really important for people to remember is that what somebody writes on their blog is, you know, a photograph and a paragraph of, like, their daily life. Mm-hmm. For me, writing every day. <clears throat> so you're just really not getting, you are you know, you're definitely getting, like, an authentic me, and that's, you know, but you're not getting the whole picture. Like, there's struggle. There's, you know, of course, there's all sorts of other stuff. So, mm-hmm. um not to belabor that point, but... Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> want to give you a chance to say something about that, because I know that you're definitely one of the people that have just this really phenomenally inspiring blog, and, and you are you also appear to be quite an accomplished photographer, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you. I can just tell that you seem to have an eye for photography. Now, is that something that you do every day? I mean, you always... Are you like me and carry a camera every day? Yeah, my camera is everywhere with me, and um, I take a lot of photographs. Yeah, I take an insane amount of photographs. Yeah, it's really quite silly. I, I've something that I've always really loved, and and the blog has been such a great practice for me because you know it's every day and um, it's helped me sort of refine 
the kind of photographs that I like to take. And so, yeah, that's definitely something I enjoy a lot. I think it makes the blog more interesting, too, when you can see, you know, the evidence of what a person's doing. You know, you can see the project or see the place. Yeah. So, yeah. That works Yeah, really I mean, well. I have, I really credit a lot of it to my camera. I love my camera. And then, like, just the kids who are, or is, are mostly the subject of my photography. Like, they're just so inspiring. <laughs> You know, and so I just kind of follow and snap away. Well, I think that's a great segue, um, and I want to talk about your family, but before, um, for those who are wondering what kind of camera you use, and you might have that on your frequently asked questions, I don't know. I do, that's okay, though. And, and what, what kind of camera do you use? I use a Nikon D50. Okay. okay. And I have a bunch of different lenses. I kind of am now getting sucked into all the accessories. So you're totally <laughs> serious about this now. There's no turning back. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I did the photography. We can talk later about in the in my first book. Yes, I do want to talk about yeah, that because so I know anyway. that's, that, gets, that gets a little nuts. So remind me if I forget about yeah. the photography part of this. I was reading your book, which I think is fantastic. And before oh, we get you. to the point of talking about that, because I want to talk about that at length, but I'm kind of winding our way toward that. Um, I kind of want to back up to your childhood and your, like when you kind of got into you know crafting. And I know that it sounds like you learned from other people in your family, taught you some cool things about you know some skills. So you had the skills, but you weren't really sucked in. And it almost sounds like motherhood is what really sent you into this really creative um, time in your life and really where you're making things and all that. And I don't want to tell your story for you, but if you want to, <laughs> well, you, you know, I kind of did and that kind of is crappy. Maybe I should just edit that all out. But, um, no. but yeah, no, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to, to kind of take us through, because I think a lot of people, and this is why I really think this is important. A lot of people think, well, if they didn't learn something as a kid or if they didn't get really into it as a kid, well, right. how am I going to catch up now with all these people that are doing some big-time crafting and making if I don't know how to sew right now? And, and I kind right. of want to, you know, tell people that there are points. Sometimes you just have to be open to it and ready to yeah. plunge into it, you know. Yeah, so, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to turn but, it over to you now. Okay. <laughs> now that I've said way too much. <laughs> well, let's see. So I definitely, um, I was a pretty quiet and really painfully shy kid and spent a lot of my time writing stories and reading. Like what kinds of stories? What were you um, writing? I wrote like very, um, <laughs> so silly. I was like, a, I totally loved like persuading people to, you know, like editorial sort of persuasive writing. Which, okay. Like, even as a kid. Okay. Like, convincing people that eating animals was wrong. Like, you know, <laughs> or whatever the, like, the idea may be. Like I was, you know, I had really clear ideas. Now are you a vegetarian it. now? Um, no. Okay, okay, okay. I can see you can just take on the argument. Were you on the debate team or something? I could have been if I could speak, but I was too nervous. Oh, I see. So you did it all on paper. All right. But okay. It was really, yeah. And then I would write stories, too. But most of the time I would write about, like, you know, just, just you know, ideas like that. So um, political stuff. Even as a kid, like, I just, that was really interesting to me. So, and then my grandmothers, I spent a lot of time with both of my grandmothers, and one of them was a seamstress, um, and the other one had, like, a complete love for antiques, and um, she would take me, I would go and spend, you know, months with her, like, weeks in the summer with her um, during school vacation, and we would spend, you know, every day going yard sailing and thrifting. And <laughs> now, a lot of kids would hate that, but did you oh like, my gosh, I loved you it. loved it. Okay. I loved it, yeah. I was like nine years old and had a Bavarian china collection. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. It. That's really cool. Yeah, and so that really, like, that, those roots of just, especially the textiles, I was really, really drawn to um, vintage textiles. 
even then. But were you making anything out of the textiles or just kind of collecting textiles? Well, not the old things, because I didn't really put the two together that I could actually use that, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people weren't doing that back yeah, then. So I, I mean, that really just wasn't even a concept. I didn't know that I could do that. Yeah. Um, and then, so I'd spend time with my other grandmother, um, who was a seamstress, and she, we would start the weekend out by going to the fabric store and picking out a pattern and fabric, and I'd go home with her, and we would make something. And I'd leave at the end of the weekend with, you know, a new nightgown or a skirt or something like that. Oh, how fun. Now, are you yeah. into it? Did you, did you think that was really cool? or? I mean, I, th I think that I really enjoyed spending time with her, and mm -hmm. I, um, I was definitely into like having something that I made and you know I used to like take my sassy magazine remember sassy oh yes I remember <laughs> sassy of course Loved sassy and like rip things out and try you know try to have her help me make them like remember the tie skirt yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah I made one of those yeah I still have a bunch of ties in my craft room and I need to catch up even though like people made tie skirts years ago it's like <laughs> I kind of need to get that out of my system you know yeah, yes. I still have it. I put it on for a blog photo post like a, maybe a year or two ago. Okay, I'm going to have to look uh, that up. Cause oh, it's yeah. really funny. I need like, to make myself breathe in it. <laughs> it's like high school. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed that with her, but um, I didn't really get the, the like skill of sewing really frustrated me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the patience that it required. Oh, yeah. Like following the directions so tediously was really like... It's kind of a drag, that part. It's kind yeah. of a drag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it didn't really so much occur to me that I could just sort of wing it. That's the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only way that I do it now. Yeah. So anyway, so that was all there. Like, those roots were there. And I would sort of dabble in things here and there and, you know, make something and wear it to school and totally get teased about it and never wear it again. <laughs> but I would always try. And so I'd pick things up definitely here and there. Um, and all the way through college, but it definitely, like you said, wasn't until until becoming a mother that it became such a need for me. And describe that. I mean, because it sounds like from what I read in your book, you were pregnant at the time that you really got into this. Yeah, I mean, I was pregnant. I started, um, I was 24, you know, so I was pretty young, and I didn't have a lot of peers that had children. I didn't have any friends, actually, that had children. You know, everyone was 24. So, yes. It was a totally different scene. Right, right. Um, and so, and there were a lot of sort of things that led to us having a family early that were a little intense. And I just really um, was looking for something. <laughs> I don't know if you care to elaborate on that at all. Um, sure, yeah. We, um, Steve and I, let's see, where do I start? <laughs> Wherever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me where you went to college. Right, so I went to um, the University of Maine at Orono, which is like two hours north from Portland where I grew up. Okay, and you, what did you study there? I studied women's studies was my, um, my major, and I, but I kind of moved around a lot, you know, the classic like six majors in college. <laughs> oh, yeah. Started what, in what English, went to journalism, did social work. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and settled on women's studies. Yeah. And then settled on women's studies, which the whole time I had planned on as a minor, and then it became available um, as a major my senior year. So I kind of jumped on board with that. And I loved, I had such a great college experience, and I loved, um, you know, my classes, and I loved all of the sort of stuff I was doing outside. I always had a couple of jobs, and I found really just cool jobs to do, and um, 
really enjoyed that. And then at the, but at the same time, I sort of had um, a lot of sort of internal struggle and was suffering from like pretty severe depression most of the time through college. So did you have problems with that before college or was it college that you really had that problem? No, it was definitely a lifetime sort of thing that became sort of at its peak at that time. It was the worst that it had been for me. And that's got to be challenging when you're living, you said you were about two hours from home? Yeah. 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 And so how did you, were you making things at the time and were you crafting or how did you, what did you do to kind of get through that period? Um, you know, I think at the time I wasn't really, I wasn't really sure how to get through it. And so I did some pretty traditional, you know, therapy and um, medication and, you know, different, different ways to try to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And kind of got it a little bit under control and, and left college early. I was three credits short of my degree. And it wow, was just three credits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that is a pretty big decision, too. Uh, at it that was. Point. What, it what, was. What led you to... It was to just a really intense time for me, and it you sort just of needed that a break. became overwhelming yeah. and more than I could handle with yeah. school. And so I just, it was time to move on. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know. It was time to end college. And it's funny because I, a lot of people really, um, you know, you should go back, you should finish, and I feel like I finished. <laughs> yeah, I'd say three credits. I mean, what kind of class did you have to take? Uh, well, I just had to finish my, like, senior independent study. Oh, yeah, you're pretty much done. I mean, I you're, you're done. <laughs> it, you know, it just kind of feels like a piece of paper to me. It's not that, you know, it's not any insult to the college system because I had such a great experience in yeah. some ways. But, um, yeah, I feel like I got so much out of college sort of over. Yeah. Well, it's kind <laughs> paper of... Paper or no paper. Yeah. Well, you put your time in for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it is... I mean, there's so many hoops that I know, you know, my college days, it's like you think about some of the stuff you had to do and you're just like, why did I have to do that? Yeah. You know? I mean... Yeah. I know. So, yeah. So, well, so, so then I came back down to Portland to live. Okay. And I was trying to just get my, like, feet grounded and figure out what I was doing and kind of recover a little bit more and... I started working at a temp agency and just landed at an advertising agency that I really enjoyed and um, and very quickly met my husband after that. And what was he? What kind of work was he in, or how did you guys meet? Well, he um, has he's almost ten years older than I am, so he had been traveling and um, whitewater raft guiding and kayaking all over the country pretty wow. much for I'm kind of jealous to hear that he said such adventures. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm kind of jealous to hear he's had such adventures. That sounds oh. wonderful. That sounds great. <laughs> and so that's what he had done. He had spent like his 20s. He says he spent his retirement in his 20s. Like that was, you, you know, know he might travel. be smarter than the rest of us because, <laughs> you know, you're not going to have the energy. You know, when we're 80, we're not going to be able to raft yeah. as well. Yeah. I think he's onto something because it, I think it really made him sort of just a centered person that's able to really just be happy where he's at. Like, yeah. Because he doesn't ever feel like he's, he missed out on something. It sounds like there might be a book for him and all that. That concept <laughs> looks like it could I really be so. explored. Yeah. Yeah. So, Steve, so that's your cue. Out west, right. <laughs> so he was living out west in Portland and kind of had this weird urge to, like, return home, like, in quotes, you know, to, like, find home. Right. <laughs> so he came to Portland where his mother now lives. And... Um, we met the 
the day that he came home. The day he came home? Yeah. Where did you meet him? Um, we have a mutual friend who I worked with at the ad agency, and I was just at her house drinking Bloody Marys and reading Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous, some Sunday morning. And we had a you know brief chat, and then he had to go, and um, he went home and told his mother that he met the woman he'd marry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I love know. it. I have chills now. I love this story. <laughs> wow. So that was really wild. And then, you know, our pastor, like, he, he had to go some, he went somewhere for, you know, several weeks and back up to the river to work a little bit. And, and we met about a month later. Um, and so we met in September. <laughs> and we just immediately, like, hit it off and connected. And, you know, it was sort of one of those. Amazing. Now, did you know when you're drinking Bloody Moment. Marys and this man walks in? No. Um, you had no, no, you didn't know that that was going to be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it I could, did not. <laughs> it could be the Bloody Marys. It clouded your view. Uh, it you must know. have been. <laughs> but a month later, when we did sort of finally meet again and and connect, I knew pretty quickly. And yeah. we and things moved pretty fast after that. We moved. Um, I moved in with him about like. Four weeks later. Are you kidding me? So. <laughs> Your family and friends was to be like, whoa, sister, oh, yeah. what are you oh, doing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, but you guys, so I, I mean. I just was sure, you know, yeah. we just knew. And, and then so why, right. yeah, if you know, go yeah. for it. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you did. Okay. So we did that. And then, um, and then very shortly after that, I, I was pregnant and miscarried oh, right I'm away. Sorry. So this was, you know, two months after we met. Oh Three months goodness. after we met. Yeah. And in the process of the miscarriage, I um, learned that I had cervical cancer. Oh, my goodness. Well, no. <laughs> wow. And you're only, and you guys are in this relationship for a very brief amount of time at this very, point. Very, and very, very, very brief. And you've gone through, because I've gone through the miscarriage. I lost my first oh, um, baby, too. Oh, sorry. And it's and it's one of those things where, you know, um, it's, it's really rough. And, I mean, my husband and I had been married. I want to say five or six years when that happened. Wow. So we, wow. you know, we had been married a while. And so it wasn't like we had just, I mean, because you have the stress of a fairly new relationship, yeah. a miscarriage, and then, oh, on top of that, cervical cancer. My yeah. goodness. So how did you, I mean, what what were you, how did you get through that? I mean. Well, it was definitely, it was, it was intense. And I um, did a couple of surgeries and it wasn't really, wasn't really working. It was coming back each time. And so very quickly my doctor said, if, you know, if you want to have a family, this is probably something you want to think about sooner rather than later. Oh, and wow. it was just one of those moments where, like, instantly everything became so clear. And, like, <laughs> you know, Steve and I looked at each other and we were like, oh, this is what we want to do. And so that's sort of how our family started. And so how so, long after that were you able to have children? Um, I was, that was maybe in the spring. Calvin was born that January. Okay. So not very long, not very long. We got married that year, and then um, Calvin was born in January. So you had to f finish all your treatment then for? So I did, yep. And a lot of times um, the hormones in pregnancy really change, like the chemistry of your body, and that's sort of what ended up happening with me. And, I've, you know, it's, I've been clear ever since. That's awesome. Having a child. So yeah. He cured me, my little six-year-old boy. Oh, well, how <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, and so everything's been, and you have three children now. And yeah, tell me and tell me their ages and names. So Calvin is six. Okay. And Ezra is four, and Adelaide is um, 22 months. Wow. Yeah. And you have this lovely yeah. family now. And yeah. so it makes total sense that you've found such, I mean, such joy in your children, you know. Yeah. 
because it seems like um, I know for me, I mean, having a family, you know, a lot of times, you know, the storybook way is that people meet and they, mm-hmm. you know, fall in love and they decide, oh, we're gonna have a family now, and then they do. Right. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't that wasn't my story either. My husband and I, you know, it was it we you know, lost the first, and then it, we had quite a bit of trouble, you know, having mm. our two girls, and um, now we have them, and it's, it's like, I look at them, and, and sometimes I'm just amazed, because I had this, this fear, because for me, I've always wanted to be a mother, of all the yeah. things on my list of things I wanted to do, I wanted to so desperately to be a mother, and, you know, I went through that period where I was thinking, perhaps it might not be possible, and of yeah. course, I knew one way or another I'd adopt, you know, or there was gonna, yeah. I was going to be a mother, damn it, you know, <laughs> no matter what, you know. No how. Yeah, but it's, um, but I think that, I know for me, and it sounds like you and your husband probably have um, a, a kind of a, you know, this different perspective on parenting and, and family, because I know my perspective totally changed when I realized that, oh, I can't just be like, yes, I think this December I'm going to have a child, you know, I'm, you know, and mark an X on the calendar and know exactly when yeah. it's going to happen. Some people, that's exactly how it works, and that's right. wonderful. But um, I think for me, something changed when I realized that, you know, I don't have that control. And so, yeah. You know, but sometimes when you're out of control, wonderful things happen. It's true. Know. And definitely the way that our family started is, um, you know, it was super intense. And, oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I kind think of that's an understatement. A complete understatement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it gave, I just have enormous gratitude for, I, I think, for that reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that's how our family started. And then and when Calvin was born, getting to the whole crafting, getting back there, that Calvin, like, mm-hmm. um, the sort of, you know, my the history of depression kind of started to kick in a little bit. Like the postpartum, postpartum. yeah. Course, yeah. And I was a little more prepared for it and kind of tried to find some ways to um, to, to deal with it alternatively and, and had a lot of success with that. And um, But really, it kind of became crafting that became hugely important for me then. And do you think that really brought you through any, I mean, did it help um, c- counter the, the feelings of depression, would you say? It did. It totally did. Um, and it really helped me sort of in the early days of parenting, too, where you're just, you know, especially, like I said, like not having a lot of peers my age that were that were parents. And I just drew myself into being a mom mm-hmm. and, like, trying to figure out what that meant. Right. What do you do? So, you know, yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Baby. Um, and, being, and I was at home, you know, at home all day. And I just really, really, everything was about, you know, this little baby. So I really just quickly realized that I needed something of my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what, so, what did you start making? What was the first? Uh... I was knitting a lot then. I was doing a lot, a lot of knitting. And I had learned to knit as a child. And then um, when I was pregnant with Calvin, I sort of got like the knitting bug and taught myself, like my grandmother had taught me and I just, I'm not really visual that way. It was really hard for me to learn by watching somebody. So I picked up a Martha Stewart baby magazine. <laughs> I love that magazine. Yeah. I know. Oh, they, the do they still so do good. the Martha Stewart baby, though? No. Yeah, because Martha Stewart kids kind of went away, too. I know. It's Suddenly I had bad. a food subscription. I'm like, wait a minute. This is not <laughs> what I ordered. What I, want. <laughs> I want I the crafts. I still treasure all of my old Martha Stewart babies. They're just they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. I, they're tattered and worn, but I yeah. keep them. Yeah. So I learned how to knit, just like one of those random little, you know, articles about knitting and, mm-hmm. and the the diet. So I really needed like the words to tell me how to knit. Um, so I started knitting a lot and knitting like baby stuff. And and when Cal- after Calvin was born, I continued to knit all the time. And 
because it was something I could do with him, too, which right. was really great about knitting. I just mm-hmm. sort of have it everywhere. And I continued to knit for a while until, you know, I knit absolutely everybody that I knew, like a hat and a scarf. And like, <laughs> <laughs> he had more sweaters than he could ever need. Yeah. And then I got out my sewing machine, which I had had, you know, growing up. Um, and I started sewing. What did you start sewing? What was I your... I started sewing, like, first, like, things for my house, you know, like curtains and pillows and... Mm-hmm. And then I started sewing some clothes, or I think I did a lot of bags first, too. Um, and then, and right about then, I started, yeah, making bags and some clothes for, for Calvin as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Cal, my kids are all two years apart, so it wasn't shortly after that <laughs> there came Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> And I continued to kind of keep sewing and finding, like, you know, ways to incorporate some crafting time into pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. It just became really um, clear that I needed that. I needed something of my own. If I was going to give them everything that I wanted to give them as a mother, mm-hmm. which was a lot, you know, right? <laughs> that I really needed to um, have something that was totally mine. Right. I think I start to twitch a little bit if I haven't made anything or, t- or yeah. done at least a stitch on something every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, you kind of look around at, like, what you've done, and it's like, you know, of course there's all the, like, super important things about, like, nurturing a child and (laughs) caring for them and feeding them and, like, you know, the home. But, you know, you kind of look around and you're like, did I do anything today? Right, right. What did I do besides move laundry around and, you know, (laughs) make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? (laughs) <laughs> right, so this gives you that, you know, you, it's something tangible. You can yeah. look at the bag or the whatever it yeah. is you made. Yeah, I'm the same right. way. That's how I take inventory of my life. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it sort of became that, and then, yeah, did a lot, of, a lot of that. And slowly it's changed so that, you know, like I have more space. Now I have my own studio in the house. and It's definitely evolved into more than just, a little something I do on the side at night now. So at what, point, at what point did it turn into, because I know you have an Etsy shop, but it's kind of, yeah. you, for the summer, you're kind of, it looks like you're kind of taking the summer off. Um, yeah, I kinda, totally can't keep up with it. Yeah, <laughs> but when, at what point did you decide to make this kind of a, start selling some of the things you were making? Well, I think as soon, I think anybody who makes things will say that this is true, that people start saying, like, oh, you should sell that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, really quickly. And so I did a couple of um, craft fairs, like the first, you know, when Calvin and Ezra were pretty young, and it just wasn't really my thing so much. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, you spend the day sitting at a table, and yeah. you might or might not sell enough stuff to pay for the table. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just, like, super sensitive to, I don't know, talking to people and having them, like, pick up your things and be like, oh, you know, or whatever. <laughs> or not make eye contact with you at all, you know, which yeah. is really fun, yeah. So it's, it's um yeah, it's yeah, it changes your perspective. I know I'm yeah. different now that I go to art shows. I'm a little yeah. more caring for the person sitting on the other side of the table. Right, and I think it would be totally different now at, like, you know, with some of the amazing craft fairs that are out there. And oh, yeah. Be, you know, I think I'd have a totally different experience, but I was doing kind of, you know, even just five years ago, it was a really different scene in terms of crafting and craft fairs, right, <laughs> at right. least here. So it wasn't really quite a fit for me. Um, and so, yeah, then I started, I sold a few things, I guess, before Etsy on the blog. Now I'm not remembering how, what the timing was, but I started selling a few things online, and I sort of do that periodically, and um, 
I really enjoy that, but I, I can't make, like, a ton of the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it gets a little boring. Yeah, yeah. When you're probably also, it sounds like from reading your blog and reading your book, you a lot of the stuff you make, your kids get, or your people you yeah. know get, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at now, and now I do a, a shop update, you know, once a month or every couple of months with just a handful of things, and and then um, and that's it. But it's kind of turned, you know, switched a little bit that the, my writing has taken a little bit more of a priority over making things to sell at this point. Mm-hmm. So there's not a ton of time for me to do. So are you talking about just writing? Sell. Obviously, this book project was pretty significant, but what other kinds of writing are you doing besides your blog? Is that your main thing? The blog is um, is definitely the main thing, which takes a little bit of time, you know. Oh, that is a lot of time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have images you have to import and... Yeah, yeah. And and the book, so the book I wrote um, was last year. And that's that's called The Creative Family, How to Encourage Imagination and Nurture Family Connections. That's Correct? Right. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, and uh, that all came about from the blog. Which is how a lot of people are getting, I know. kind of getting um, book deals these days. Yeah. So, and it sounds like it was almost like magical what happened it was with totally, you. Totally, I know. So people are going to be like green with envy. <laughs> Another one of those stories. Yeah. So hopefully you um, won't get hate mail for this. You know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it was January of 2006, right? And the blog was kind of, you know, I was getting a lot of really positive response from the blog and just a good energy about all of that, about what I was putting out there. And Steve and I started having this conversation about, like, well, where, where do we go with this? Like, I kind of wanted to do something else with mm-hmm. it. And I wasn't really sure what that was. We thought about maybe maybe I should do a theme. Maybe I should do, like, you know, maybe I should start writing. Or, you know, <laughs> maybe I should work on a book. And so we had this really, like, loose conversation. And at the end of it had decided to set aside, like, a couple of hours a week for me to kind of work on something, whatever it was. We mm-hmm. weren't really sure yet. And that was on a Wednesday. And on Friday, I got an email from an editor at um, Shambhala Publications asking if I had any interest in talking about a um, book project on creative family living. Wow. And that's like one of those times when the stars just align. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just... It was weird. I just kind of read it, and I was like, is this for real? Like, am I really seeing that? Because that's so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. So what did you think? Right? I mean, did you know in your gut right away this is what you needed to do? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of felt like everything was, it was lined up to be, for that to be the case. Yeah. You know? So then, so, what did you have to do next? Right. So then we went through the whole, you know, proposal process and really kind of refined what, what I wanted to do. And how was that? For. How, how was that whole process? Was it um, grueling? It was, or? You know, I, I have had such a great experience with Shambhala. They've been so wonderful to work with, and my editor there is, is so lovely. Um, that it wasn't really, it was, she was so patient with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, starting with, with nothing and at the end of it having, you know, a solid book proposal mm-hmm. within a couple of months was really great. Um, but it was definitely, it, you know, it took a lot of my energy and brain power. <laughs> well, yeah. And how long did you spend writing the book? So I started the book in June and my deadline was October 31st. Oh, wow. That's pretty quick. It was pretty quick. Because you have like 200 and some pages. And you did all the photography, which is really excellent. Photography, yeah. Now, was that something that because your photos were on the the blog that they felt like, okay, she can handle this? 
I yeah. 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 <laughs> no. you, do you have any formal training so. in photography? I don't, no. Yeah, because nope. you... I figured it out on my own and lots of reading. And, um, it just kind of seemed like a good match for me to do the photography for this book, being oh, it's, that it's sort of, it's a little, I mean, it's not personal, but it is about my family in a way, and mm -hmm. it kind of made sense for it to be pictures of my kids and for me to do the photography. So that's sort of how it worked out with that. Yeah. And that was so fun. <laughs> well, it kind of gives it a more intimate feel, too. Yeah. You know. It was fun, and it was also scary. Like, I'd be taking a photo, being like, oh, this is, this is going in a book. <laughs> like, I should really frame this better, you know? It was really, um, it was helpful to my photography to really just be pay paying attention so much more and working on that. So that was due in November, right? So I spent six months writing the book. And then, you know, it doesn't end there. Like, that's... <laughs> right. I think I kind of thought that was, like, a magic date and it would all be done. Um, but then, you know, there's, there's several months of editing and, and now, you know, there's still, like, work sort of trickles in for the book. And um, so that's still sort of going on. And so the book will be out next year. Excellent. It's a, it's a funny, it's a long process. Yeah, well, the thing that's so cool about um, just, I think the fact that you did so much of it yourself is because it's kind of like you're, you're, you're actually acting out the things you're encouraging other people to do in the yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it is really, um, the thing I like about it is, that, you know, I have, my children are um, about 18, well, they're 18 months apart, and, you know, Amelia's 18 months and Abby's uh, three, and they are so fun, and it's, I'm always looking for ways to incorporate them in, in my creative time because I feel guilty because I work. I work part-time, but yeah. um, four days a week, I used to work five, and it, I still feel like I work full-time. Um, <laughs> but I, since I'm away so much, the last thing I want to do is go hide with my sewing machine someplace else. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we'll get the crayons out, and they'll be working on, you know, drawing pictures, and I'm at the other end of the table sewing, even if this only lasts for 20 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> so great you to... consider yourself lucky. Yeah, to get... Yeah, I'm like, wow, I got, okay, half of a bag done, and yeah. or half of a side of a bag done, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're happy, I'm happy, we're all smiling, making things. Yeah. And your book has so many ideas in there of just ways that families can not only just seize the joy in every day, but just, you know, everything from art parties to um, just little projects people can do. And I'd like to talk about, I don't want to give away the entire book, you know, like <laughs> to talk about every single page in it, but um, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And oh, I feel, I, feel I, I got like a sneak peek. I feel like I I'm know. like in this inner sanctum now. Because um, <laughs> it's not even printed. Like the proof isn't even I know out. you had to read it on the computer. Like, Which was obviously <laughs> is not thing. the most ideal way to read a book like this. Because, you know, I think the book like this is like you love to like take it with you in the car. And right, and, right. And, um, you know, I kind of carry books around, whatever I'm reading. <laughs> like I was carrying Amy's book around. I'm actually still carrying her book around. <laughs> so when I get an actual oh, copy good. of your book, I'll be carrying your book around too. Oh. Um, showing people and be like, hey, look at this. You should try this. <laughs> um, but what I love is that you kind of introduce at the beginning, kind of talk a little bit about your creative journey and kind of almost as, almost like an invitation, inviting your readers along to come along with you on this. And, and I love it. Um, and I think it's going to get annoying for people to hear me say, because um, in my day job, I'm a reporter, and I can't be like, I can't tell people I love anything, you know, because oh, I'm right. biased and impartial. <laughs> so I totally make up for it here when my, with my annoying gushing that I do. That's um. <laughs> well, so few people have actually, like, read it yet that it's, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, 
Yeah, well, I want to talk. Wild. I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about. Um, you kind of have it divided into different sections here. Um, I want to say it's like four parts where you have the gathering, the playing, um, living, and connecting. And um, I want to just give you a chance to tell people, because this interview is going to come out way before your book. What do you want people to know about this book that there is going to be hitting newsstands soon? That's right. Um, I think what I tried to really keep in mind when I was writing this book was sort of four goals with, like, with cr the project. And one would be that creating for yourself as a, as a parent, like just the own creating that we do, um, and then creating for the purpose of like connecting with your children, <laughs> and then creating to like nurture your children's creative selves, and then creating to connect with a community. Mm -hmm. And that those kind of were the strongest um, reasons for me that creating is really important. And, and also just like how completely inspiring children are in their creativity. I mean, that's sort of the essence of who they are. <laughs> well, if, yeah, and they're not to that point, and I think it's it's a sad point in everybody's life is when a child goes from thinking they can do anything, you know, because yeah. I know Abby is three, and she really, she thinks she can, you know, she can draw anything, she can do whatever, you know, and it's like she doesn't think she's bad at drawing, like where I think I'm quite right. bad at drawing, you know, and I don't right. know at what point, there was a point where I actually didn't think I was that bad at drawing. I never was <laughs> extraordinary at it, but... Uh, you know, kids get to that point where they kind of feel like they're not good at things. Yeah. And if there's a way no, to... So sad. <laughs> yeah, and I think that one of the things that's so joyful about children is that they sit down and you say, hey, draw a picture of... Can you draw that? And they're like, yeah, I can. You know, it might look nothing yeah. like it, but they feel like they're doing it and they're having fun and it's just um, great. And so your book, I feel like, you know, I guess the impression I got after going through your book is that you're kind of trying to extend that period and for the kids and then help the parents reconnect to that. And exactly, yeah. And, and that's so important because I hear a lot of, you probably hear a lot of um, women our age even say, you know, I'm just not really, because I always ask people when I meet them, I say, it's like within the first five minutes, I'll say, so, um, do you make anything? Like, do you, are you crafty? You know? And people are like, huh? Like, like what a strange thing. Because most people yeah. ask, like, where do you live? How old are you? Where do you work? Or right. whatever. Um, and I'm like, yeah, so, um, do you make anything? Um, <laughs> and people are like, oh, no, I'm not creative. And it's like, wait a minute. Everybody can be creative, so you know. Sad. Yeah, and so I think that I celebrate the fact that, or I think your book celebrates the fact that, um, you know, you're kind of asking people to kind of, you're giving them some direction how to preserve it if they have it or just yeah. discover it in themselves if they feel like they don't have that creative um, energy flowing. So Yeah, and that I think as parents we're totally blessed to have, like, the most amazing teachers and creativity that we could ever possibly need, mm -hmm. you know. They're, mm -hmm. They know how to do it. <laughs> They so know how to be creative. Well, because everything they do and say, pretty much, is yeah. it's like discovery. It's so yeah. fun to watch a child experience something for the first time or, you know, the things they say, the things they do. And I, I kind of feel like I've fallen down on the job where I haven't written, wrote down all these things. Because some of the stuff is priceless that children yeah. say. No. You know, <laughs> so, um, well, what are you hoping that, you know, that people come away from this book with? I mean, what, what is your, your real... If, if there's one thing that someone comes away with, what, what do you hope it is? I would be um, thrilled to have, you know, people be inspired to spend creative time with their children mm -hmm. and for, you know, that period of a child's creative life to be extended and just for creativity to be valued as, like, a crucial part of, I think, everybody's life. Like, and however that plays out, like, whatever it is that you're doing, 
doesn't have to be like arty, crafty sort of creativity, you know? Well, yeah, and that's something too I wanted to point out too, that your book is not, this is not like only for people who do art and craft. I mean, exactly, this is something yeah. that um, you talk about, I mean, everything from, you have gardening, so yeah. you talk about the garden here, you talk about, um, remind me of some of the other things here that don't involve like... Um, There's a lot of imaginative play and sort of dress up stuff, um, music and community and food. So it totally runs the gamut from... Yeah, and I, I would love for people to kind of expand their idea of what creativity is. You know, like I hear so, like you said, so many people who say, I'm not a creative person, and yet, you know, they make like amazing, gorgeous, beautiful meals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like, what is that? Like, that's, that's creative. Right, right, because I think people have these definitions that they think, you know, it, ha it has to fit into a certain box, and if yeah. they don't fit in that, then they're not creative, but... And I think for us to value that as, like, something that's really important to a child and an adult, like, just well-being as a person, that, that could have tremendous power, I think, in the kind of children that we're raising. Um, people who really kind of question things and think about things. And, you know, that's sort of the essence of creativity is, like, questioning. And <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. thinking about doing things differently. Right. And that's just really important skill to have, whether or not you, you know, grew up and become an artist that's showing in galleries, or you're, you know, an engineer, or whatever it is that you're doing, um, you know, incorporating creativity into your life is so valuable. Well, it's kind of the basis of, you know, any kind of invention or new idea. I mean, yeah. it comes, flows from, you got to be creative to be open to it, to try and yeah. something different. And I think it's a skill just as important as any other that we, like, you know, arm our children with. Mm -hmm. um, so that was sort of, you know, that was in mind, the book, is that whole process. Well, I think that, you know, and I, it might have been, um, it, it probably will come in as, as no surprise. I mean, if, if listeners uh, read your blog anyway, they'll know about your decision to homeschool. Yeah. And, but how much of that, how much do you think your experience as, you know, a mother homeschooling your children, um, and do you actually call it unschooling or homeschooling? Or yeah, I mean, I, we homeschool, but sort of in terms of, like, the philosophy, I guess we're on the unschooling end. Okay. And I'm what, does that, like what does that mean exactly? Doctrine of very, you know, I'm not too stuck on, like, the labels of what we do. But um, unschooling is sort of that we don't use a curriculum. Okay. That, so for our family in particular, I guess I should talk about that instead of trying to define what unschooling is because um, I just use, like, the world as our classroom, essentially, you know? So yeah. Yeah, and the theory being that children are naturally learners and curious about the world and want to know things, <laughs> like they really do, mm -hmm. until that sort of, I think, squelched out of them. So our days are kind of spent doing what the children are really interested in and passionate in, and like we pursue their passions, and through that we kind of end up learning all the little skills that they need along the way. <laughs> that sounds really like, fun. Yeah, so for example, like, Cal, you know, our oldest is really into costuming and imaginative play, and he kind of gets really interested in, like, a specific thing, like knights, for example. This winter, he was really, really into knights. And through that, we, you know, we would just, like, follow that passion with him and go to the library and get books about knights, and we'd read about construction of castles, and we'd, you know, through all of that, like, in comes, and we were doing food, like medieval food, and we were learning, you know, math and science and architecture and history and, like, all sort of around just his love of a costume. 
<laughs> wow. And I think that can happen pretty naturally, you know. And I think it's also about, like, exposing them to things, too. We're pretty involved in the community here. And we're not, you know, there's a, there's a perception of homeschooling, for sure, that, <laughs> that we don't quite fit into. And that most of the homeschoolers that I know don't fit into. Well, that's good that you know. (laughs) So you do know other people who are doing a similar thing, then. Yeah, and I would not be able to do it without that. I don't think. Well, that's great. There's a really active community in Portland of homeschoolers. There's a lot of great support and organizations, and most of my kids' friends are homeschooled. So there's a lot of people homeschooling. Well, that's great because then you have that um, connection to other people that have a similar mindset. Yeah, and it totally works for us, but I, I'm, like, totally in support that it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, but, well, I think, yeah. I mean, and it's, it sounds like, though, out of that experience, I mean, it almost seems like being, um, you know, homeschooling your kids actually sounds like it prepares you to write this book. I mean, yeah. In, in a way, I mean, because you're, you're kind of laying out kind of guidelines for other people to kind of take what they want from it and you're kind of coming at it from the perspective of since you don't take homeschooling and go buy the book like curriculum you have to do this between these hours you have to go to this special thing you're kind of doing it your own way and it's kind of like it's it seemed like you kind of that philosophy flows right into your book where you're saying here here's some things you can try but please take your own spin on it you know do your own thing yeah so it flows rather nicely and just from reading this I could tell that you're you must be doing an excellent job with your kids with the homeschooling because it just sounds like you have just a great approach to just really letting that creativity um, lead lead you into a very rich life with you know discovery and learning every day and so that's okay. really inspiring to see. Yeah, so, it's inspiring to watch it sort of unfold. I think. So yeah. how has this how has this book project changed you and maybe like the blog? I mean, just how everything kind of let one thing led to another because in two thousand five you were kind of talking to a friend about, yeah, you should start this blog, and, right. and then you did it, and now we're, you know, 2007, your book's coming out in 2008, and, yeah. you know, life is a lot different now. It is. And how, yeah. how, would you, how much different, like, how would you say things have changed for you? Oh, you know, in some ways not very much, and then in other ways, you know, it's, I, it definitely um, has a presence in our lives. Um, but when Steve and I started our family, we were really clear that eventually we wanted to find a way to sort of have balance in who was working and who was home. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of our ultimate like, dream is that we would either take turns or do halftime or something just because we really wanted to be able to share, you know, both the working part and like the being at home with the kids part, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I feel like we're kind of getting close to that in a way, which is really, really wonderful. Um, like Steve can kind of take, he works as an engineer now, um, and he can take breaks in between projects so that I can sort of fill in and there's just a little bit more balance and, and all of that. And the kids, so for that reason, the kids have more time with him than they otherwise would. That's great. And that just seems like a benefit to absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I know the reasons. my girls spend a, a lot of time with their dad because we work opposite shifts, so one of yeah. us is always home. And it's it's a, it kind of a crazy existence at times. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> we are like two ships in the night sometimes. But yeah. But I think it's really kind of cool to see, you know, in 2007, seeing dads really right in there with the moms, you know, yeah. in the trenches and, and raising these kids together. And it really is, um, I think, great. Yeah to see yeah, that. He's, so. he's awesome. I've been like 
so, you know, this book was a huge undertaking, and <laughs> there were many days that he would, you know, work a really long day and then come home, and I would sort of disappear and write well into the night, and, you know, he would just totally take over. So. Well, I find that, um, yeah, with I've blessed the same way with a wonderful man in my life, and it's um, I wouldn't be able to do any of these. I mean, the podcast would not exist without yeah. him, you know. So yeah. it's um, yeah. I think a lot of the stuff creatively that's going on on the internet. There are a lot of times uh, there's some porters in the background that are making these things totally. possible. So and he's just even more than just like the logistics of time. It's like the support of just really believing in what I'm doing and mm-hmm. and really just like saying go for it, like you know you you love what you're doing and it's important to you and do it yay steve (laughs) we salute you (laughs) yeah that's great that's really great yeah because it's um i mean i know how i mean i just look at what i the stuff i do in a day and i i wouldn't be able to do probably about 85 percent of it without my husband jeff so um yeah I've become very codependent (laughs) (laughs) because we're a team, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, so, okay, so this book is, you know, something that, um, in a way I feel kind of bad because I'm like telling people about this great thing and they gotta wait, they gotta wait a while, but, um. Well, I think it'll be available on pre-order in like September. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, well, the thing is, it's good just to know it's coming up, um, and, um, you know, what's next for you? I know it seems strange to ask you this before the book even is published yet, but know, um, but what crazy. is, are you working on another book or what, what are you going to, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, what do you work, what's the next book yeah. about? Well, when I was writing this, um, this book, there's a chapter in there called um, Being Resourceful, mm-hmm. which is kind of all about just, you know, repurposing things and using the materials that we already have on hand and I was so in love with writing that part of the book and just like kept having to cut back because I just had way too much in there. And so I knew that I kind of, that that could be a potential book of its own. Mm-hmm. And um, so a few months ago, I started working with Shambhala again on that. And they were really receptive and welcoming and opening of that, and open to that idea. And so we, I put together, you know, a much, a, a proposal, much easier this time. <laughs> so yeah. much easier. Um, and I'm, we're doing it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank That's really you. wonderful. So that will be, um, I'm working on just sort of getting in the mode of starting that now. And that will be a craft book, a little more craft book. Like my first book will be in the parenting section, and this one is definitely a craft book. Mm-hmm. So projects using um, repurposed materials and, um, for the family home. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm thrilled. So, so that's starting, and that will be out in 2009. Okay. Did I get that right? The spring, yeah. So are you, do you see yourself as being, do you want to keep writing books? I mean, do you enjoy it? I, I love it, yeah. I mean, I would be honored, so thrilled if I could keep doing that for a little while, for sure. That's great. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, like, you know, dreams, like the, the, the quiet dreams that you don't really, you know, <laughs> like as a kid, if I really was truthful, that would be, have been my dream of what I could do. Yeah, that was that's been my dream since I, since childhood because I would go in libraries and bookstores and I still do that. Like when I'm stressed out or I feel like I'm lost in the world, I go into yeah. a bookstore or a, a library and I look at all the books and I'm thinking someday I want to do this. And yeah. and it's and it's I've had that in me since I was a kid and and so it's um I get to live vicariously through all of you wonderful creative yeah. folks who are oh. doing it, you know. <laughs> I became a journalist for practical reasons because I knew that I could get paid to write. 
you know, yeah. I could pay the bills and, um, you know, so it's, it's been a great experience, but I just love the fact you guys are out there doing these things. And the thing that's really impressive to me too, is that you, you and so many others are true to yourself and true to your family and doing, still finding a way to do what you love. Cause I think life, um, sometimes forces people to compromise in areas mm -hmm. they don't want to compromise. And, mm -hmm. and, I, I think you're a great example of someone who is really not compromising. I mean, you're saying, okay, this is what I want, and yeah. this is what's important to me, and this is how I'm going to get it. And, you know, you might not be sailing around on a yacht, you know, <laughs> sipping yeah. martinis, you know. <laughs> or are you? Are you on your yacht no. right now? <laughs> there is no yacht. <laughs> you know. There's but, a broken car in the driveway. and like. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, I think that um, – as kids, you know, and I knew that for me, I, I knew, like, you know, you could watch the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And right, I just thought right. it looked kind of gaudy, like, and a lot of the stuff in there I would never want, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. still feel that way. Like, I, you know, but I, I but I, it's it's so fun for me to see, find people who seem to be rich in life. Yeah. And you really seem to be rich in life. Oh, well, thank you. I feel, I don't know, quite blessed for sure. Yeah. I'm very honored that um, I'm able to write these books and the blog is such you know, fun for me to write, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> what advice do you have for people that, because um, I know a lot of people who listen um, to this show are folks who have a lot of ideas bounced around in their heads, and, and a lot of things, like those quiet dreams that you talked yeah. about, um, they have yeah. they want, have this thing they've always wanted to do, and, like, every week, I kind of try and tell people, like, hey, you know, what's on your list, what do you want to do, do it, you know, and I right. try to check things off for myself, you know, and, but what advice do you have for people to kind of help them feel a little more grounded, a little more centered, and a little more um, able to go out and really do what they want with their life? It's going to sound totally cheesy, but I just totally believe I've like I've never had a business plan about any of this or you know <laughs> my business plan has been like doing what I love and like just putting it out there mm -hmm. and that's really like the best advice that I can give people like truly do something that you believe in and love and are passionate about and I think good things will come you know? Yeah, I, I believe that's, that's true. So, I know, it's so silly. Well, like, no, it's <laughs> not, but it's not, though, because I think a lot of times people, if you sit down and you're coming up with a plan or you're like, okay, I think so-and-so is going to like this idea, and you tailor the idea to what you think yeah. people want, but it's not really what you want. So even if you yeah. do a book proposal for a book you don't want to write, what's the point? Exactly. You know, yeah. it would be a horrible drag to do. And it's not going to be a good book because you're not passionate about it. Exactly. And, like, totally believing in it. And so, you know, I... I don't know. That's definitely like how I, what rules my life is trying to just, you know, follow, follow my heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, that's great because some people just, um, it's, it's sometimes it takes a while to work with the courage to do that. Yeah. You and know? it's hard to let go of the expectation of what's going to happen, you know, like let go of the idea of money and, or fame or, you know, um, even, you know, recognition or anything like that. Yeah. Just truly do it for yourself. Yeah, and I found in my own life, it's when I finally gave up control, like trying yeah. to control everything, trying to plan everything, when I finally just kind of threw my hands up in the air and said, okay, I'm just going to kind of go for it. Um, right. Th good things did not happen until I started. I just let let go, you know. Right. So yeah. it's sometimes you have to just jump, you know. And I think there's that sort of like heady, you know, philosophy of like just let it go and follow your heart. And then there's the practical part, like you have to have the other side, which is, like, okay, this is a dream that I have. I want this to happen. This is how I'm going to make it happen. Right. And that, you know, making a plan and prioritizing is, like, um, that's just as important. Well, and there's definitely sacrifice involved, too, because you can't just exactly. uh, 
be a free bird and be like, hey, I'm going to just go for it, because you still have to be able to pay your bills. And, yeah, you know. and you have to really make choices about what is important to you. And I feel like I make a lot of choices that um, place, you know, my writing or crafting or what it is that we're doing over, you know, a clean house. Or... Amen, sister. I, don't know <laughs> I am sitting in the most cluttered room ever, and um, it probably in inhibits my creative spirit just a tad. But, um, but yeah, if it comes down to vacuuming or making something, I'd rather make something. Yeah. And that's, or like yeah. watching TV or, you know, whatever it be. For, for different people, it's different choices. But mm -hmm. for me, those are some of the things. Like, I don't watch hours of television. Is your, is your TV still in the closet? It is. <laughs> Which I think totally rocks. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Sometimes, you know, I like watching a movie, but um, I just think it's way too easy to get sucked in. Well, there's so many hours of lost time, you know. It's, and yeah, and just, like, they just disappear. Like, those, those moments are gone from your life, like, spent watching whatever. I'd much rather read a good book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we spend, like, so much more time, you know, at the end of the day, like, after the kids are finally asleep and... <laughs> Steve and I can, like, see each other without three people in between us. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it's really easy when you're so tired to just, like, turn on the television and just, like, you know, zone. But it, this way it sort of forces us to, like, hang out. <laughs> well, you can have, like, great conversations, too. And I think that that's something that, you know, my husband and I have been married nine years. And it's really fun to just have those conversations that we had before we had kids. You know, yeah. when you can oh, steal know, away great. a moment and just talk about okay, what are we doing, and hey, remember the time, you know, and, right. um, yeah, reconnect without the TV on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it makes things simpler, and so for us, it really works, and it's how I get a lot done, you know, yeah. people are always asking how much, like, how I get so much done, and I don't really, I don't waste a lot of time, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's great, and it sounds like from reading your blog that this is the summer of quilting for you. This is going to be the summer of quilting. I know, I'm, I'm so crazy, I'm so ambitious. Like gonna do four quilts this summer. Yeah, I never am... never made a quilt in my life, but I'm gonna make four. Yeah, I, I made small ones. <laughs> I do crazy stuff like that too. I actually have several quilts underway myself, and um, at various stages of completion. But I yeah, I don't do. I go to extremes. I don't just kind of dabble in. You know, I'm like full right. blast, and then oh, on to the next thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, there's this little book I'm writing too. And I'm like, what am yeah, I doing with myself? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm trying to train for a marathon, too. Oh, I'm, my God, that's right. <laughs> insane. But I, it seems to me, it's one of those things where it seems like on my list of things I want to do, it seems like it's the most impossible on my list. So I'm like, I have to do this one. Yeah. I totally have yeah. to do this one because then everything else is going to seem like maybe possible, you know? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. If I can do it without having to be hooked up to life support at the end right. of the race. I'm a compulsive list maker, too. I don't know yeah. if you are. You seem like oh, I, oh, yeah, maker. I have my big list um, of yeah. things. Yeah. So do you have a list of things that you want to do? Oh, I totally do. They're such a joke. <laughs> like, get, tell me a couple things. Well, I have, like, these, you know, this list in my studio right now that, you know, has all this really practical sort of marketing and book-related stuff and 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 then it's like, make a summer dress for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> boys need new pants for quilts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of a joke. But you know what, though, is so funny? Because I look at my list, and, like, some stuff's on there twice, and it'll be, like, some little insignificant thing, you know? And I'm like, why did I write this twice? 
like, oh, I guess I'm really must really be important to me. To yeah. But the thing that it's almost autobiographical, though, when you look at the list, and I put dates on there of when, like, oh I add something. Well, because yeah. it's just, and I have this book, and I'll, like, add a bunch of stuff, and then I won't look at it for months, you know, and then I go back, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that, and oh, let's add this other thing. It, but for me, it's kind of this just hilarious because I look at stuff that was important to me. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I, but it's kind of like a reflection. I think I made, I got serious about this list making. When I turned 25, it was like the quarter century thing. And oh, I, I think the people came out with that book. There were two women that wrote a book, like Quarter Life Crisis or something. And I was like in the oh, midst of, a, I was in this very dark time at work where I just felt like, what did I sign up for? I mean, is this all <laughs> there is in my life? You know, and I wanted to be a mother and it wasn't happening right away. And I just felt like, oh, my goodness, like what? It's gone wrong, you know. And I was I'm married to a wonderful man, and, I mean, we had this life that I thought, geez, I should just be happy. I should be happy to have this wonderful man and a job that pays well, and I should just be satisfied. And I was kind of, you know, really struggling with just my own discontent with everything, you know, professional and otherwise. So I, I um, made this list. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like, you know, I'm going to do some things that what's really going to make me happy. And I made this list and started, you know, just kind of checking things off and adding more things. And I'll never, the list will never be complete. I mean, I'll never finish everything because I keep, the things I finish, I add more stuff, like, all the yeah. time. Um, which You're I like think a life list maker. Yeah, I like am. life thing. Yeah, I am. Yeah. But some of the stuff is just totally stupid. Like, I want to tap dance again. I tap dance as a kid. <laughs> Like, and I want to actually, like, take a class again. Oh, I don't know that's when I'm on gonna, my list. That's I, totally on my list. Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to have time. So I might just buy tap shoes and just tap around. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but, I mean, it's just, like, silly, <laughs> silly stuff, you know? Right. But it makes, I think, life so much more fun, you know? Yeah. So I'm... Well, and I think it's good to look at those, like, to check in with those every once in a while and just be like, oh, that's not important to me, or that really is, and I'm not doing anything to make it happen. Right. right. You know? Right, and it's not an obsessive thing, you know, because you right. just have to, I mean, because I think it can get ridiculous. I mean, there are people that have lists every day, and they're checking things off, and they carry over the yeah. list for the next day. I'm not even that organized, so, like, sometimes <laughs> I can't even find the notebook that my list is in. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I just kind of take it where I can, but, you know, I think it's all about um, being creative, and I think you have made a wonderful contribution with this book and your blog to just helping people kind of find the joy in every day, and you don't have to take big exotic vacations and be out on a yacht, you know, tataing around, you know. I mean, there's there's just so I mean, cuz there's I mean, the the moments of life and what I love about the photography and the little snapshots in your blog is that you're showing people that it's not about taking this big Disney World vacation to be happy. Right. You know, you don't yeah. have to build up to this like, okay, in July we're going to be really happy on this vacation yeah. and then it's a disaster, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> where you can just, you know, I, I love the photo you had in your blog of you and it looks like you're in a restroom in your old high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good okay, and people are going to think that's kind of <laughs> weird when I just say that much about it, but you're, you're, it's like out by the sinks, you know, and there's your kids yeah. and you're kind of snapping the self-portrait and you're holding your daughter and, you know, your yeah. boys are off, you know, up by the sinks and it's just... It's just this snapshot, and it's so interesting, though. I mean, because yeah. most people don't take pictures in the, <laughs> in the bathrooms of their old high schools. But I was, but I was like totally them. intrigued by like, because like, I know how how strange it feels when you go back to your old high school, you know. Oh, and God, you used to yeah. kind of be like yeah. you're senior, like you're like okay, you like, feel like you own the place, you know. And then to go back, you feel old and like out of place, and you know, yeah, it's just it's so it brought weird. back memories for me, seeing you, your reflection, and your kids, and and. I don't even know you people, you know, I didn't even know you guys at all, you know. Um, so I think yeah. it's just stuff like that that you're doing is just really cool. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think I, that's like what it's all about. Is there's, you know, like craziness all around, especially with, you know, 
three young kids, like these early years of parenting, they're just they're just nutty. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> every, there's, yeah, everything is a, kind of a, like, a little small fiasco, so, you know. Yeah, um, everything's really you know wild, and like that's sort of the beauty of it all. <laughs> well, it's like, an adventure. So great about it. It's it an is. adventure, and, and so that was kind of what was you know in that moment, and like so many other moments that I just. You know, you kind of look around and you're like, I'm in my high school bathroom, like <laughs> with my three children, with a baby that needs a diaper change, and they're like touching the toilets, and you know, <laughs> I'm all freaked out because I'm in my high school bathroom, and like, you know, we're supposed to sit in this concert and be quiet for an hour, and like, you know, just like the whole. Then we're going to the grocery store with three children, and and like, it's just wild, and it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you're having fun, and I think that you know, people can. Um, you know, just keep reading your blog and, and also check out your book when it comes out and and find ways to have, continue to have fun in their life. Um, okay. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to say, anything that, you know, is you know, relevant to what you have going on or maybe totally off the subject? Oh, my goodness. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot there. <laughs> yeah, well, I think your story, you know, you have a great, interesting story. So I, I thank you so much for sharing it. And, yeah. And uh, I just. Um, I thank you so much for what you're doing. I'm totally inspired by um, hearing people's creative stories and just their life stories. And I, you know, this weekend kind of went to look through your archives, thinking I should maybe listen to a couple interviews. And I was <laughs> like, oh my god, I've heard every single one of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I hadn't missed any of them because I just love, like, in my studio when I'm working on something. I, it's, there's nothing more inspiring than hearing, you know other people's creative stories and the well, way you thank let them you. tell them is so great and I think you're just doing an awesome thing to spread the inspiration out there into the world. Well, thank you. It's kind of a self-serving thing that I'm doing because I have yeah. to say I, I get such a kick out of talking to people. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, to be able to talk to the people um, that all over the place has been so fun. So I feel very blessed to have that people actually agree to this, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is still a little bit shocking to me. You know, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm going to keep doing this as long as um, I can, you know, Good. and, so. you know, just keep going with this. Do you find that um, people in your hometown, like, know that you're this blogger and they know what you do? Or do you, I mean, do you ever meet people who yeah, read your blog? Yeah, it's definitely happening more and more um, that I go out and I'm recognized. Which has got to be interesting. It's really funny. It was odd the first couple of times. And then, you know, it's never been anything but really positive. Like, yeah. really nice, kind people. And I'm, so I'm really happy to hear from them. But it happens more and more now when I go out. Like, I can't go to, like, the craft store without getting recognized. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I you know, act like kind the of target like, places that you know, you, you know. I act kind of like a freak. Um, I had somebody, I was at Fiberfest in L.A. County, and it's, like, where they have the sheep to shawl kind of demonstrations. Right, and right. all these vendors selling wool, fle you know, all the fleeces and all this stuff. And I was trying to buy um, a Weebat loom, and I had oh. a really bad... Um, cold so I was I looked like hell and I had my little craft sanity shirt on which is probably kind of stupid because I was calling attention to my show as I looked like a, a total to, a total hag you know yeah. at this thing and my daughter was you know kind of pulling at my um, pants you know like on my jeans the whole time but I went into this and this woman's like are you um, she's like, oh, I remember. Is that did you buy that t-shirt or are you the girl who does the show? Oh my god! And I'm just like, 
Uh, at first, I was like, I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe that somebody actually recognized. I mean, I because I, I right. just thought, what are the chances of that, you know? And right. uh, I acted kind of freakish because I was like, oh, yeah, you you listen to my show. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, <laughs> act as acted as if no one ever listens. Like, I never heard anyone listen to my show oh, ever before. So but I stopped short of hugging the woman. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I hugged the first person that recognized me. <laughs> but I was like overcome with this urge to like, for some reason, I'm like. I should hug her. And then I'm like, no, I should not hug her. Oh that would God. be weird. No, that's what I did. <laughs> well, I'm relieved. This woman who, like, and since we've become really good friends, and so it's okay, but but we always joke about, like, she, and I was pregnant at the time, and she touched my belly. Like, See, you know? Yeah. That, but you know what, though? If the person likes what you do, I, I mean, I totally, so but like funny. I said, it was so weird because I was like, I, I, know. I wanted to hug the woman, and I'm like, okay, so that would be good. <laughs> That's you know. a little odd. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've reacted the same way because I, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was very embarrassed. Well, because I get I so, I'm so happy to talk about this stuff, and when I find yeah. other people that are really happy about this stuff, I'm just like, oh, wow, this is great, you know, and then people, yeah. and I worry that I get a little too enthusiastic yeah. and it scares well, I mean, people. I think like you, I'm just so grateful for the time that people spend, like, reading what I do. Yeah. Like, reading what I write every day, and I'm so grateful for that, and so whenever I meet them, I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. I And, uh, of thank course, I don't really you. think you need it, because I think you're well, on a roll, and I'm... Well, and I think that, you know, the 30s are going to be great for us. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you take care. Have a fantastic well, day. So much, Enjoy your week. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you, Amanda, for sharing the story of your life with us. We appreciate your blog. Amanda's book is going to be out in April. You can pre-order it now or enter the contest first. And if you don't win, then you can pre-order it. Amanda and her publisher have decided to share a free PDF download of a three-dimensional craft project from her book. It's a fun project that you could do with kids, um, but like all the projects in Amanda's book, she really encourages you to get creative and take it in your own direction. So there's no reason why an adult without kids, or even an adult with kids, can decide instead of letting the children draw on the fabric, he or she may want to draw a fun little monster or some other thing on fabric sew it and then stuff it and put it on your desk at work or you know give it as a gift to a friend here's how the drawing for Amanda's book is going to work basically it's the usual drill post a comment on craftsanity.com under the write-up about Amanda and you'll get into the random drawing you can comment about anything related to the episode but I think it would be kind of a fun to hear about the last thing you did to celebrate, document, and or enjoy one of life's simple pleasures. You know, the kind of things we always take for granted, you know, whether it might be a beautiful sunset, uh, just this cute thing that your kid said, or, you know, just an interesting exchange you had with a stranger at the grocery store. Because one of the things Amanda does so well is she'll take a day that would seem ordinary and celebrates it. She elevates it to this level where it becomes a thing of beauty. So I guess what I'm saying is to get into the drawing. It's the usual thing. Post a comment. Just copy it into an email message. Send it to me, jennifer at craftsanity.com. I'll get you into the drawing. So check out Amanda's blog. Look at all the pictures. Look, check out her Flickr page. She's got tons of photos up there, and they're beautiful. And then do something wonderfully memorable. The deadline to enter is Saturday, September 29th. And a special thanks to Carrie Ann in the Netherlands, Carrie in Decanter, Georgia, and Deborah Conrad, a fellow podcaster in Arizona. You can check out her podcast at homebasecraftbusiness.com. Thank you to all three ladies for supporting the show. I really appreciate it.
Okay, I think that's a wrap. I'm going to uh, have a little after show. Craft Sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity. Okay, welcome to the after show. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Yeah, you're thinking, yeah, right. Does she do short and sweet? <laughs> okay, I don't do short and sweet, but here we go. I'm still collecting handmade stories. I have several submissions that have come in. I'm still looking for more. Please email me a photo of an item and a brief summary of your story if you're interested in sharing a tale about a particular handmade item in your life. It can be something you made or received as a gift or someone else made maybe and you found it at Goodwill or someone gave it to you. It's just anything that's handmade that has a significance in your life. If you don't have a photo of the item, there's a couple things we can do. You can either try to draw a sketch if you're you know, able to draw. I'm not, so that would terrify me to think I have to draw a sketch of the stuffed sock mo- monkey that my Aunt Tilda gave me and blah, blah, blah. So don't feel pressure to hire a sketch artist to, so you can get your submission in. The other option, obviously, is just to include a very detailed description of the item you're writing about. And my vision is to have photos or drawings of each thing, and then people could click on that and then listen to the story on that. So if you don't have a photo, just describe it. On a personal note, I'm still keeping up on my marathon training. It's eating up a lot of my time because I'm kind of in the long mileage days where my long runs now are up to, well, the furthest I've ever run in my life so far is 19 miles. I did that last weekend. This weekend, I think I have to do 20 miles. So yeah, fantastic. But I'm to that point where I'm feeling like I believe I can complete a marathon. It took me a while to get to this point where I would actually believe that. So it's kind of nice to be in a mindset where I'm thinking, yeah, this could actually happen. (laughs) So and now I'm trying to figure out a way to, to craft something homemade that I can wear during the race. But you know, with the whole chafing issue and you know, you have to have wicking fabric and all this kind of stuff. So I'm thinking that would probably be a total disaster. So probably what I'll do is have one of my my uh, regular running wicking shirts that keep me rather t- relatively comfortable um, while I'm running. And I just put a Craft Sanity t-shirt that I transformed into a muscle shirt. I put that over my running outfit and call it good. But if any of you have crafted a race jersey before, if any of you marathon runners out there that happen to be crafters, and maybe a little insane since I realize this is a completely ridiculous thing, please send me your suggestions if you've ever gone down this road before. And as I mentioned in my blog, I've taken to wearing aprons around town. So I guess hearing what I just said about wanting to craft something homemade to wear during a marathon, it's probably no surprise at all that I would be out to lunch enough to wear aprons around town. So, you know, to work, the grocery store, on walks around the block, whatever. I've turned it into this kind of social experiment because I kind of take note of people's responses and how I feel about the confusing way I seem to leave people with my <laughs> unconventional attire. And I'm having a great time making aprons. I have always been someone who was kind of nervous around sewing patterns because I just felt like, oh, they're so confusing. What are all these symbols? And I would always kind of just make my own pattern, which usually was not successful because, you know, there's a lot of guesswork. 
since my math skills are not really up to par. And um, when, when you're working without a pattern, it's usually uh, kind of a wild ride. So I've learned a lot about sewing just by actually following patterns. And of course, I adapt most patterns just because that's what I do. I change the pattern, always deviating from the plan slightly, trying to make it my own. Okay, that's it for this week. Feel free to contact me about show guests and topic suggestions or anything else that's on your creative mind. Once again, craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. See you later.